Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Um, this is uh, not a normal day to record, um, but today is kind of a special episode kind of day, as I promised. Today is January 27th, and it is also Holocaust Remembrance Day. So that is the reason why we are doing a special episode this evening. Um, and... It's going to be a shorter episode than normal, like a mini episode, if you will. And instead of doing the normal, you know, like war crime type of thing, uh, instead today I'm going to talk about a young lady who had, who didn't live very long, but that's okay. She is a recognized heroine throughout the Soviet Union, and she made... You know, sure, her legacy lives on in Eastern Europe. Um, so, yeah, I decided today deserved a special episode. Uh, and then on Friday, we'll get back to finishing the Armenian Genocide. Um, so, like I said, today is special. And um, the reason I found out about this was I was in Berlin in 2017 and I was just wandering around and I just happened to stumble upon uh, the area around the Brandenburg Gate in between the, the American and the French Embassy. And uh, people were laying flowers out in, the, out in the open and I wasn't sure about what was going on. And so I happened to ask somebody, you know, what's going on? And then um, nobody would tell me, so I Googled it. And uh, that's how I found out that today is Holocaust Remembrance Day. And the history behind that is, is of course, on January 27th, 1945, uh, Auschwitz was liberated by Soviet forces. Um, So today we're going to, like I said, do things a little bit different. Um, Today we're going to talk about a young lady by the name of Zenaida Portnova. Um, If you're in Russia or in Belarus, that name might sound very familiar as she is quite well known in those areas. Uh, so, yeah, um, like I said, if you uh, yeah, take a listen to us on, once again, it's iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Playcasts, Breaker, etc. Um, but yeah, we'll go over that at the end. Um, so let me start off by saying she was born on February 20th, 1926, in the Leningrad. Uh, Today would be the St. Petersburg area. Um, Not much is known about her childhood, um, except that her parents worked in some kind of plant, and she had a little sister named Galia. Um, But, you know, the lack of childhood implies that she had a standard Soviet children's upbringing um she was you know could have been you know indoctrinated in the lifestyle that is or was uh communist russia she was born to a belarusian parents so they were born or from belarus and by the time 1941 had rolled around um she was in the seventh grade at the 385th school in leningrad um, I don't know when the school year subsides there. 
Uh, but when it was over, her parents sent her to live with her grandmother in the Vitebsk region, which is a bit south of Leningrad, closer to uh, the old Polish border at the time. Um, and of course, in uh, June of 1941, those damn Germans broke their promise, like they tend to do, and they invaded the Soviet Union, much to the shock of Soviet uh, Joseph Stalin, even though intelligence uh, suggested that he knew more than he let on, um, but he was still surprised that the Germans would do such a thing. Um, soon after the invasion, Zenaida would have her first um, encounter with those German invaders, and it would most definitely impact her for the rest of her life. Um, so the story goes, a number of soldiers a number of soldiers attempted to confiscate their only source of food, which was the cattle, which was intended to feed their family, you know, milk, uh, meat, etc. But instead, because of the German plan to feed the army rather than the civilians, they confiscated said cattle um, because the German intended plan was to starve out the Russians because, you know, the Germans intended to conquer the East and then occupy it and then settle it with their own people. Um, and so her grandmother tried to resist and they struck her. And so, so I'm not going to lie, but if a little old lady tried to fight, I mean, it's, you know, it's not going to end well for the little old lady. Um, and of course, this incident uh, would cause Zenaida to hate the German occupiers for the duration. Sometime later, in 1942, she joins the Komsomol, which is essentially the All-Union Leninist Young Communist League, so basically the Communist Youth Division. Um, they're like the Girl Scouts, if you would. To what extent they are, I'm not sure, but think of it like that, except they're not selling cookies or anything like that. Eventually, you know, she makes bombs and shit. Um, but since there is a great patriotic war going on, she joins a militant wing of this uh, youth division called uh, the Young Avengers. No, not the superheroes, as you might know. So they're not Soviet superheroes, not your co Captain Communism or the Hammer and the Sickle or the Proletariat. Those are names I made up Um I won't go on, so also failed attempt at humor, but yeah, so failed communist superheroes. So the youngest superheroine would be sent out to distribute Soviet propaganda leaflets in occupied Belarus. Um, she was also tasked with stealing German weapons and hiding them for other Soviet soldiers. Um, she would also report on direct German troop movements. So she would tell people, hey, these are where these guys are, you know, let's do something about this, etc. Um, but as she got older, she gained more experience and she learned how to use weapons and explosives. So she came more, you know, hands-on and more, you know, you know, she got better at the job she was doing. So in the time she went on missions for the Young Avengers, Zenaida would be part of a sabotage of a few things. Uh, a power plant, 
a pump. I assume water or gas type of pump. It didn't specify what kind of pump and a brick factory. And in total, she's credited with the deaths of over 100 Germans. So, you know, kudos, you know, she's 15, 16 years old and she's doing a lot of stuff. Um, however, her biggest success would come as she would uh, become a kitchen aide in Obel, um, which is her like hometown in the Vitebsk area uh, at the Nazi garrison while she was there she poisoned the food meant for the soldiers in which many soldiers would become sick and a number of them would die it didn't say how many would become sick or how many would die it just said that quite a few of them um, happened to come under this um, illness or this poison um, so because she was Soviet a Soviet Belarusian girl um, she was automatically a suspect and so to prove her innocence she ate a small plate um, of food in front of them, and she does not immediately become ill, so they let her go. Um, however, then she went to her grandma's house really, really fast, and on the way there, she began vomiting, having fevers, um, to which her grandmother then combated it by having her drink a lot of whey, and I don't know what... You know, as that would taste like, but I assume it's probably something very, very gross. But she was able to, you know, combat this poison by having her drink this whatever concoction that Grandma had come up with. Um, she would recover, but because she wasn't at work the next day, the Germans knew she was guilty at that point. So, yeah, so I will continue in here in just a second. So by this time, the Germans knew that she was a culprit, and she had to flee Obol. Um, so she gets away by joining a resistance group named after Soviet polit political figure and Marshal of the Red Army, Clement uh, Voroshilov. And he is a high-ranking like general in the Red Army, but I don't necessarily need to go with too much into him just because... Um, his purpose in this podcast is only for his name. Um, so in October 1943, she would join the Komsomol proper eventually, and scholars aren't sure when, but between December 1943 and January 1944, she returned to Obol to reinfiltrate the garrison that, you know, she had just caused the trouble in. Um, she was to locate and contact the other young Avengers in the area because they were failing in missions and she was sent there to figure out why. Um, my thought is, is that she had, you know, she had caused such chaos that the Gestapo and the local police were on higher alert. And so therefore, you know, it was becoming increasingly difficult for these other people to accomplish any type of missions. Um, and so she wouldn't get, be there very long before she was actually captured by either the Gestapo or the local police in the area um, because her, she was easily recognizable. Um, there are two theories, however, of her attempted escape from Goriani to which she was transported to um, because that was where the Gestapo um, 
interrogation center was. Um, so the first theory is that she escaped Goriani by grabbing the inspector's gun that was sitting on the table and shooting him. And then as two guards entered the room because of the sound, she shot them and she would escape, but she would eventually be caught by a nearby river. Or the second theory is, is the inspector was so frustrated with her that he threw his pistol at her. Then she grabbed it, shot him, escaped through the door, shot a guard in the hallway, and then another guard in the courtyard. And then she tried to shoot another one, but the pistol mid-fired. And then she'd be um, captured once again, but this time in the interrogation center without escaping. Either way, she would be captured, um, tortured possibly for more information on the resistance, and later she was driven into the nearby forest and executed on January 15th, 1944, one month shy of her 18th birthday. Now, first off, I am sorry that this is a sad story, but at the same time, it's not so sad just because she, you know, did what she could for her country in a time that her country needed all the help it could get. Um, but her legacy does live on, though. Firstly, in 1958, she would be awarded the Hero of the Soviet Union and the Order of Lenin, which are like two of the highest orders any person can receive in the Soviet Union. Um, she is the youngest woman to earn Hero of the Soviet Union. She was 17 years old. Um, in 1969, a plaque in the town of Zuya was dedicated to her, and she's had many young pioneer groups, which, again, are like communist girls, um, Girl Scout um, groups. I actually have one of my teachers at my university that I graduated from. She was actually in a young pioneer group when she was a, a young, late, young woman. Um, other honors bestowed upon her include... School teams were named after her in Russia and Belarus. A museum to the Komsomol between Vitebsk and Polotsk. Um, a school in St. Petersburg is named after her. There is a bust of her face in Minsk. And an obelisk in the town of Obol, which is kind of cool because that's where she helped out. And now a short break before I conclude this episode. have it ladies and gentlemen the story of young avengers heroine zenaida portnova she did live a short life and she sacrificed her life for her country for something she believed in and she continued to be remembered in russia and belarus um which of course there are a lot of other heroes and heroines um that should be remembered for the deeds that they um, did during the war. Um, but I felt 
there was a there's a lot of people that have been mentioned and I didn't know anything about this young lady and I figure as a special episode because it is International Holocaust Remembrance Day I figured it was kind of sometimes it's important to remember the good side of history rather than always report on the bad side you know besides I'll be doing more of that on Friday um so yeah that's pretty much it for this special episode today um thank you everybody who is continuing to listen you guys are you know you guys are amazing for that um and you guys are the reason that this is continuing to be a growing experience for me and also on this endeavor um you can find us on all kinds of platforms you can find us on like i said apple Podcasts, itunes google playcast spotify breaker anchor castro podbean and all kinds of stuff um you can find me on twitter at world of war crim one that's c-r-i-m-1 um once again my name is jeremy Leyland. this is the world of war crimes um and don't forget friday is the final episode of the armenian genocide so yes stay tuned for that final conclusion in the next week i haven't decided what the topic is but i'll get on to that eventually <laughs>